he punches him as hard as he can, like 40 times. Yeah. Little John's face should be gone. Little John should be dead. (laughs) And Little John is still moving and doesn't look that fucked up for the beating that Teddy put on him. Can Teddy throw a punch? It's Doesn't like, seem like it. You're saying it's like his his bark's worse than his bite. I'm saying he's a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, you and Taylor have really convinced me that he kind of sucks. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and I finally watched The Equalizer. I gotta tell you that I am so happy that we are out of Spike Lee month because I had a lot of, you can't say fun watching them, like I really enjoyed the five movies we did, but all like fairly intense watches in their own right. Um, The Equalizer is such a fun watch. Uh, we're doing, we're going to do four Denzel movies, uh, this year, uh, this month. And starting with this one, it's just, this isn't like a great movie, but it's like an awesome watch. You know, it's like, it's in the John Wick lineage and, um, yeah. Although this, this was a TV show first, but like, it's just, you know, those type of movies are just fun. It reminds me of those. Um, did you ever see red with Bruce Willis? I saw the first one. I don't remember yeah. it very well. Yeah, same, same. But I know it's old guy comes out of like retirement from being like super secret agent to kick ass. And I was like, this is kind of like John Wick. Old guy comes out of super secret uh, retirement to kick ass. Equalizer, super secret retirement to kick ass. But this one is kind of different in the sense that it's. Uh, I feel like. Okay, this is coming from someone who has seen none of the John Wick movies, so I'm probably totally wrong in saying this. Are you joking? I haven't. Well, I've seen like the first one, I guess I have kind of. Kind of. You need to figure that out, bud, because there's some movies we could do. Well, anyways, I was just saying that um, this one seems a little bit more melodramatic. It's it's self-serious. And um, so I haven't seen three. I was going to try and watch it before we did this. um, But kids. And um, I've seen one and two five to ten times each. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, just like those, I've said this before, those Mission Impossible, Bourne movies, those are great movies to put on like in the background during work because you don't have to pay attention a lot. If you want to take like a little mental break, you can watch, you know, Jason Bourne break someone's arm or Tom Cruise flying. Break on, someone's you know, arm. No, on a plane, you know, hanging on the outside of it. Um and this is another good example. The movies take themselves very self-serious. I, I I think I said a while back, like, you know, uh, Denzel sort of has this air about him of like, a he f- kind of fancies himself a philosopher. And I think this movie is like a big reason. Like I kind of feel that way because especially in the second one, which I don't know if we'll ever do, or if we do, it'll be a while from now. The second uh, Denzel month. Yeah, or we can just do it next week. But um, there's just a lot of like advice giving in this movie, like about like eating too much sugar and then like potato chips. And then but just like in the second one, there's a lot of he takes a young uh, black guy under his wing and is like, you know, giving him advice and gets mad at him when he gets caught up in drugs and violence. And the the movie is definitely self-serious and there are some times where it's just like bordering on kind of parody the way it like shoots things in this one, especially, but it's all just also just so fucking badass that it's like, I'm going to bring up a lot of things that don't make sense. But at the same time, I love this movie. So like, it's fun to pick apart, but at the end of the day, I'm probably going to watch this 10 more times in the next few years too. So I actually took notes while I was watching this. Um, Fuck you did, really? Yeah, I know. Um, there is a lot of things to make fun of this movie. And it's almost like, I feel like if it wasn't Denzel and if the movie didn't take itself so seriously, this could actually be a bad movie. But it, without Denzel, it would be a bad movie for sure. 
there's so many tropes that bad movies like this kind of fall into that this falls into but there is just something about a little bit extra care that the writers took and maybe even denzel took to make sure that that the bar didn't drop too low right um so it stayed like it stayed up here it actually ended up being really good uh but there was a lot of times where it was like "Uh, is it is it gonna is it gonna fall uh no you know um one of those is the trope where it's like the russians right like the fucking russians with the unlimited amount of uh um henchmen that was that was one for me that i was like oh is it is it gonna do that well, the thing is nowadays it always has to be the russians because they're the only because they're white so and they're the only group that's not going to complain that you depicted them as bad guys I so think, it always has to yeah. be the russians from now on it can't the, be anybody else it could be the chinese no no Adelon. it cannot oh. be okay I mean, yeah, it can. You know, well, what I mean, it, guess, can be you know, it you doesn't. Want. Well, it doesn't even have to be the Chinese. It could be the Koreans. The Koreans is probably like North Korea. You could always make them the villains, unless you want a an interview situation where they're like, "We're gonna fucking come down on you." Although nothing ever happened with that. So. I'd like to see North Korea come down on us. Come on, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> what if we what we if, literally? What if Kim, I look what if at Kim Jong like listens to this. He's like, they better watch their fucking mouths. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I know Kim John hasn't listened to us because I've looked at our analytics and we don't have a single listener in North Korea. He's probably got a VPN. Uh, you know what I was looking at? is So Antoine Fuqua has a very interesting career with like a lot of borderline B movie stuff, but also yeah. just movies I love. So the first thing that I... I mean, he directed The Replacement Killers, which is kind of a beloved action movie that I have not seen. That's one we should do. Honestly, we could easily do a very fun Antoine Fuqua month, and Equalizer 2 could be in it. Well, we're halfway there. We're halfway there because we're doing this movie. And Training Day. And Training Day. So, So, well, let's switch it up. Then he did the movie Bait with Jamie Foxx, where he's, it's sort of like a... um, like that Will Smith, Gene Hackman movie, Enemy of the State, but like more funny because it's got Jamie Foxx. And then Jamie Kennedy works in the control room. Right after that, he did Training Day. Then Tears of the Sun, which is a really good Bruce Willis, you know, war movie, um, I think set in Africa. And then I, I Shooter. Oh, yeah, Shooter. I love Shooter. Shooter's not a good movie, but I love Shooter. I saw Shooter recently. It was one of those, like, I have nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon. Like, the wife is doing something, and so I, I just turn it on. And I was just like, I, 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 it was not the, well, I watched it when I was quite a bit younger and I was like, wow, this is so cool. So badass!" And now watching it again, I was like, eh. Shooter is similar to Equalizer in that there are a lot of parts that you're just like, fuck yeah. And there are a lot of parts that are like, that's weird. Why did you do it that way? So like, yeah okay I, I i think there's less in this movie than shooter less weird parts less parts like where you're like well, why, well, huh. yeah i just i i mean i disagree and we i think mean, let's just let's just get into it so um one thing that i like is th- this movie tries to not just like bam action plot 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 but it also does that right like so for example it has like a bunch of like B roll of him, like getting ready to go to work. And it shows where he goes to work to establish that. I love like the honing in on the new balances he wears. Cause he just dresses like a complete dork. That's like what it shows him dressing. He dresses, as. He dresses like an old man, like an average show. Um, so then he goes to work, but like he goes to this diner all the time. And so it shows him go to the diner and then it shows like a montage of quick cuts. And then he's back at the diner the next night, quick cuts, back in the day di- like it just moves the story along very quickly but it tries to act like as if it's not just like focusing solely on this like it's really a there's only one plot to this entire movie <laughs> like there there's not like a lot of side fat there is but there's also like the lingering question of who is he what did he do exactly before he worked at fucking home depot and i think those shots of him like showing him getting ready in the morning shows not only is he severely ocd right um but he's also like militant like in his time like not just in his time consumption but like how he 
brushes his teeth, makes his bed, gets dressed, ties his shoes. So you know he has to have some sort of military background. Yeah, and uh, apparently he added all the OCD stuff in himself because he's like, I don't need this guy to have something. And like, there's also the, you don't really understand why he can't sleep until later on in the movie you realize he like, he's like, I've done a bunch of bad stuff and that sort of weighs on him. And like the, you know, the fact that his wife is gone and she didn't really approve of what he was doing. But the movie makes it seem like he doesn't sleep ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he then always just goes to the same diner and he's like so fastidious in the way he folds his napkin perfectly to fit the thing in there to then go in the jacket to then just set it up right, you know, per- perfectly on the table because it is like the OCD that he's he's sort of playing up. Yeah. Um, and then we get to meet um, Terry or uh, was it Alina? Alina, played by Chloe Grace Moretz. I gotta say, she's a pretty good actress. I don't know if she was given the best work of her career in this movie to do. <laughs> well, that's that's obviously um, uh, Hit Girl. So it is. Well, yeah. I mean, first thing I saw her it was Five Hundred Days of Summer, and she was awesome in that so apparently she the the person this role was going to be for someone older and she was only like 16 when she filmed this but she was like i really want it and so they she auditioned and they like changed the age of the part which really does add it adds to it especially like there's something about a 16 year old prostitute that (laughs) that go on That really makes you feel for her, you know? Well, and it makes you more disgusted by the whole thing too, right? Like, I mean, they're already sort of sex trafficking these people, but then when Slavi, who fucking from Justified, uh, is like, you know, I get more for young girl because I can say she's virgin. You know, I'll make, <laughs> I make this in two weeks, what you're offering me right here. So um, it just makes the whole thing sort of more disgusting. This movie is very raw too. You don't feel that way, but then like a lot of the kills are like fucking horror movie kills, right? Like he yeah, sticks it, a drill in the back of a dude's head, but it doesn't show it right. It's not as blatant with its violence and the, well, it is blatant with the violence, but it's not as blatant with the gore. Like you don't see him. Like, it reminds me in the first fight scene in the room where he takes down, like, eight dudes. You see him stab the dudes, but everything is a little bit in shadow. Yeah, I mean, except for that corkscrew. It's right in the dude's throat. Yeah, except for that. You're right. Except for that, that was pretty, like, right there. But so he, still he's not, ta- still not that much blood, really. Yeah, so he's he's talking with Chloe Grace and she's talking to him about uh his book he's like i hope he catches that fish as she goes off to go you know mm-hmm. hook. and then it's one quick scene of him saying that he used to be a pip with gladys knight and then he's right back at the diner and she has to go out with this disgusting putrid smelly pig, pig of a customer she's like please don't make me do that and she goes, and then another couple quick cuts, and then we're back at the diner, and she has a black eye. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about is the analogies and the comparisons to the old man in the sea, and then the, the equalizer. Is she the fish? <laughs> no. Um, it's just funny how it's like, okay, it's for me at least it's so on the nose on like, do you get it? Do you get it, audience? Like, he's the old man. And the Russians are the fish. And when we say the old man's got to be the old man and fish got to be fish, we're talking about this movie. It's like, it's like, okay, good job. You made, you made an old, um, like, uh, a literature analogy reference thing. And then later when they're walking down the sidewalk, they're like, this guy's just pretending to be a shining knight where there's no more knights in this world anymore. And it's like, yeah, okay, fuck dude. We get it. I never got the old man in the sea thing. So, that's not why i came into this movie the old man the sea reference because then later after everything's gone down we see him in the diner again reading the invisible man yeah that's true i mean you gotta let it have you gotta let him have have his flourishes um so 
he's you know he decides to start taking an interest in her because she walks over there to sit with him and she's like oh i didn't am i allowed to do this and he's like, yeah yeah it's fine and they start walking around the city and then slavi pulls up and what's interesting is he slaps her and you see kind of denzel take a step and she's like no 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 it's okay it's okay don't do anything it's almost like, why did she know he was going to do something? Like, why was she so certain he was? I guess because she knows he's a good person and that yeah, he probably want to stop it. I think that's it. But I was like, I don't know why, uh, you know. But this all, uh, you know, so then he finds out, the, you know, a couple nights. It's once again, quick cuts. He goes to the diner. She's not there. Quick cuts, goes to the diner. The diner owner's like, hey, she got beat up. She's at the hospital. He goes to the hospital and her friend Mandy is there. And she's like, oh. yeah, Slavi beat her up. I I didn't know that uh, Terry got out of this alive. So I thought the reveal was going to be that she fucking got murdered. And then this whole thing was like the revenge. He goes on a revenge spree. Like the dog in John Wick? (laughs) Yeah. But he goes on a uh, revenge spree in, in, you know, for her. Uh, Which he does, but she's not killed. It's basically to like to save her life, like right, like if she'd been dead, it almost he probably would have just killed those people at in the in the club, like in the Russian restaurant, and then just sort of disappeared. You know what I mean, like never to be found. But yeah, you know, there's actually a really funny part of this whole movie is that if they had just allowed him to kill those guys, and they had just like not been like, oh, this is a big conspiracy, we got it's gonna ruin our our Russian oligarchs business. If they just left it well enough alone, nothing else would have happened. Things would have just kept running. What do you think would have happened if uh, Slavi just took the $9,800? I think it would have been over, but I I'm also sure Denzel knew he wasn't going to take the $9,800. <laughs> There's this really cool parallel in the movie. I'm going to mention it at the end, but I'm just putting in the seed right now. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, that's called a that's called a tease so this is the best scene in the movie and there's also like a lot of like the dialogue i'm like what the fuck's going on he kept calling him dedushka which i finally looked up means grandfather so he's just calling him old um yeah and he offers him 9800 dollars, 9800 because he didn't want to get it flagged for taking 10k out of his out of his bank or whatever you know he'd have to why not 9999 I guess because that also looks suspicious too. You know what I mean? You got to keep lowering it because they're like, oh, well, now this, now 9,700 looks suspicious. Um, so what's funny is the badass part of this is Slavi really starts to try and intimidate Denzel, and Denzel's expression does not change. Like it does <laughs> nothing, it's expressionless. And he's like, all right, fine, you know, I'll let you, you know, shake my hand. And he's like, but for one month. And he's like, I make, that this amount off of her in two weeks and then he says why don't you go jerk off 9800 times and then come back and talk to me and i was like that line makes no sense i yeah i don't know and then he says how long it would take you to jerk off 9800 times he's like and by the time you finish come back and then she'll be used up it would just be like you don't know my powers like i'll be back next week like it's fine (laughs) he he's been able to jack off 9800 times in a week He's like, it's, I mean, he's a professional. Um, and then he points the skulls at them and they're just like, what the fuck is going on? I like, I also feel like there's a lot of times where Denzel does stuff and people would have shot him a lot quicker than points the skulls at them. Yeah. On the desk, there's three skulls and he points one at Slavi, one at the guy with the Jesus hair. And then one at the other guys, he like rotates them like you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And they just like look at him, laugh at him. Oh, I thought he was just like just fiddling with them. I thought he was gonna fucking grab one and like fucking knock. There's knock too many other out. good weapons. And then he goes to the door and he like slams it a few times and then locks it. And there's this Sherlock Holmes moment where he like <laughs> in like almost envisions what's gonna happen. Yeah. And he says sixteen seconds. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah, 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 about yeah, yeah. This. Sixteen seconds. He then slices up takes the gun shoots slavi in the neck immediately slices up another guy fucking takes a shot glass and sticks it in a dude's eye 
And then the corkscrew scene is great. And then I love how he has to let the guy know as the corkscrew's in there, like, I speak Russian, motherfucker. As he kills the guy, he's got to let him know. Then he goes up to Slavi and he's like, you're going to be dead. Well, oh, before this, let's get to the math. He says 16 seconds and then looks at his thing and says 28. And he's like, all right, 28 minus nine. I don't know where nine comes from, but then that gets him to 19. Yeah. Which means he was three seconds slower than he should have been. So he's like, I'm a little slow. But I still don't understand why you just get to take off nine seconds. Is it because you were like watching him die? Like, I don't understand. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought he was like, because he goes up to him and he's like, you're going to you're going to die a slow, painful death and you're going to suffocate and you're going to suffocate in like. Third, he gives him an arbitrary number, right? And I was like, is that the rest of the seconds that make up for the twenty nine? Like, is he despite his OCD, he doesn't seem to be very good at math. Because the other thing he says to Slavia as he's dying, he's like, you're going to die right here on this funky floor and she's going to go on and live, but you're going to die over $9,800. And it wasn't over $9,800. It was over $9,800 every two weeks for several years. So it was like actually a lot of money. It wasn't the 9800 that he died over. No, but but I got what he was saying about that. He was saying that if you just took the $9,800 at one time purchase price, you know, and just let that's not how business works. No, I know, but that's what he's saying. That's not saying, how the though. hooking game works, Alon. Well, you would know. I get, I mean, that doesn't even make any sense, but what, am I offended by this? Um, You're either a pimp or a hoe. There's also a, uh, there's this like through line of like him helping other people. So he's helping the security guard lose weight, which by the way, security guards eating a sandwich with bread but he gets mad that there's four chips on there it's like those that's four a whole chips. wheat gluten-free bread motherfucker it's still it's calories in calories out man so um the security guard made weight and he's at 247 i was like he looks pretty big for 247 so he must be somewhat short i would guess um ashley and i were watching uh the santa claus the other day yeah. back during christmas the original and yeah, yeah, the OG. And when he is like at his fattest, he goes to the doctor's office and he weighs and he weighs like 197. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, we're so fat now. <laughs> 197. He's like, what's wrong with me? I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's also he gains it like pretty much in a, in a second. No, um, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So next, <laughs> that's that's how fat Santa is. Next, we get Teddy brought in, who was played by Martin Chokash, um, who we last saw in Kingdom of Heaven. He's that uh, he's one of the dudes uh, okay. to explain it, really, you know, one of the guys. Um, but he's a Russian fixer and he wants to go to the murder scene. And this is some pretty badass dialogue where he tells them to take him home and fucking Harper from Stranger Things. Is like, what do I look like a fucking chauffeur and pulls his gun out and he's like. Okay, I apologize, but you know I'm on a tight schedule, and I've been brought in here to fix Harper. up. You say Harper? Yeah, Harbor. David Harbor, but isn't his name Harper? What's his name in the show? Hopper. It's Hopper. Hopper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Hopper from Stranger Things. Um, maybe you took, I just say you took his character name and is that real last name and merged. I was together. just pronouncing it with the Boston little Hoppa. Hoppa. You know, speaking of accents, his was not that great in this movie. It, he kind of gave up on it quite a bit and was just like, "I'm just going to be David Harbor, David Harper." Um, but I like he's like, you know, Mr. Pushkin sends me to fix things when you guys fuck up, and basically just like puts them in their place of like, so I'm not going to ask you please and thank you. And the one line that's great is like, you think you matter. You don't. Only I matter. (laughs) So fucking good. You know, we we were built up to think that this guy is really intimidating, really a a bad dude, Um, like really scary. Right. And there's so much suspense and tension in the scene where he's with the other Russian girl. And he has this like Fabergé egg music box and he gets up and gets her water and there's a shot under the table of the glass table looking up at her this is when we find out that she lied to him about well we knew about this but she lied to him about alina seeing her last just just knowing her Yeah. yeah and 
she actually even gave all of the information that she had about Bob Denzel's character. Um, I, one of the best lines in this movie is when Chloe Grace says, Bob watches TV, Robert reads books. Yeah. I was like, that's so funny. Um, and true. But so we get, uh, we get her death scene and he chokes her out. Really rough. Really rough. But I was watching this with Taylor and Taylor made a good point. Like at the climax at the end, most of the killing is done by the goons and he's only killed people in like super vulnerable positions. So we actually haven't really gotten a sense of like, can he handle the equalizer? Cause we've is seen he good at his job. What do you mean? Is he a good, is Teddy a good Russian fixer? We haven't seen very little evidence of it. Is that what you're saying? That's the point you're making. Pretty much. He killed a, he killed a, a young Russian girl. That's pretty much it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Security guard quits. Uh, electrical flyer fire at his restaurant. Um, Denzel Denzel's immediately like, "This is suspicious." You don't want to know what I thought during this scene. <laughs> I do now. I wasn't asking until now. I thought because he had like this tendency to be like, "Oh, I don't know if I can do the security guard thing," and then he quits, and I was like, "That's really weird." You just thought he was gonna be found eating like ice cream and chips. <laughs> no, no, worse, worse. I thought it was implying that he set fire to his own mother's restaurant so that he would have the excuse to go and quit and work with her. Because he because Denzel visits him, right? And he looks up at the at the gas pipe or whatever, and he looks at it like we're supposed to know. I don't know what gas pipes normally look like, but I think we're supposed to look at it like this was not an accident. I uh and then the scene after this where uh, he's like, what happened, Ralph? He's like, electrofire, you know, but who's going to believe that? Yeah, like, but- you're like, oh. oh. And then when the dirty cops show up at the restaurant and say, hey, you know, this could happen again. You were like, oh, that makes so much more sense than my 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 idea. Well, I was just thinking, like, it's really funny if they're going to go down this, like, really weird if they're going to go down this this path. But the dirty cops and how, like, they mix it in with like all the cops in New York are dirty, but in like different factions. This is Boston. Is it Boston? Yeah, we're in Boston. Um, oh, so Teddy meets the Irish and Hopper gives him one piece of advice, which is don't call him little John. This is also one of my favorite scenes. This is a good Uh, scene, but it also like, once again, is Teddy good at his job? So, he is getting little John's talking shit to him and he just sort of lets it happen. And then finally he's like, well, I appreciate your candor, which lets me know you're not smart enough to have done this. And then he's like, but moving on to other matters and he starts drawing a map and he's like, and you know, we know that you're going to steal 10 to 15% because you people are such cliches, little John. And he's like, what the fuck? He then hits him over the head with a hash ashtray and starts punching him. He has so much trust yeah. that David Harbour is going to be able to kill these two guys before they shoot him. Yeah. Way too much trust for someone way, who should be better at his job. Way, way too much trust. But got to give credit where credit is due. And him beating the fuck out of the Irishman while the baseball game plays in the background. And you hear the announcer being like, and he's beating the hell out of that ball as he's beating the hell out of the Irishman. And he's like, swing and a miss. And then you have David Harbour shooting them and like kicking the shotgun from him. And like how how the announcer to the baseball game parallels with what's happening in that trailer is actually like. That was like good filmmaking. And it's parts like that in this movie that I'm like really raises the bar of this film. Yeah. The other thing uh, he was like, you know. We expect you to steal. We also are okay with you being a rat to the feds. Here's another, is Teddy good at his job? He punches him as hard as he can, like 40 times. Yeah. Little John's face should be gone. Little John should be dead. (laughs) And Little John is still moving and doesn't look that fucked up for the beating that Teddy put on him. Can Teddy throw a punch? 
it's doesn't like seem like it. You're saying it's like his his bark's worse than his bite. I'm saying he's a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, you and Taylor have really convinced me that he kind of sucks because I actually think he's actually like a pretty great bad guy, like very well established. The tattoos, the way he speaks so eloquently, but he does. You see, one of the issues with these type of movies is like, how do you have your you want your character to be such a badass? Yeah. But you also have to have him struggle a little. That's like the give and take. And so in order for the bill, the villain to be great, you need to see the villain be great. But also he can't like diminish the greatness of your main guy. And so in this, while Teddy seems so menacing, you're right. Like, you know, his actions. Dude, if the ending played out differently, you would literally have Teddy killing a fat security guard and then dying immediately after like he he really has done nothing like it doesn't make any sense when you have the ending of the movie and i am jumping ahead here but it makes it makes more to the point is that you have a goon chasing down denzel our main character and then you have teddy our main antagonist chasing down the fat security guard and it's like shouldn't it be the other way around well, Teddy didn't know where he was just going to like the boxes. The No, no, no. The but I mean, like, back. I mean, like writing wise, shouldn't it have been the other way around? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Although I, I you're, you're, the, the, you're the one on this pod who likes to rewrite every movie we do. You're like, <laughs> what if they did it this way? I, I, I will say the spray paint cans and the microwave explosion was super cool. Yes, I agree. So, but we're it's, that's the end of the movie. So we're now at the scene where he confronts the cops in the back. And once again, he like puts a lot of trust that these cops just don't like shoot him immediately. <laughs> and these are dirty cops who would just like kill him and be like, yeah, you know, he he did something bad. You know what I mean? It, that did seem like a little bit like weird. Like he's in the corner and he shines a flashlight. He's like, hey, officers. And they're like, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, what, what the fuck? Yeah, and you should have been tipped off that this was Boston because they say, why don't we throw you in the Mystic? Mystic yeah, River. Yeah, I know. I thought it was New York. Damn. You don't yeah. even know what New York feels like and looks like. So, oh, there's there's one thing. Are we talking about the cops real quick? Because there's one thing that they said that's pretty awesome. Is what? It's, um, he calls them when they're in their car and they just left him, right? He's like behind them a few feet back. Yeah. And he calls them and he's like, I got to report two dirty cops. And then one cop who picked up the phone is like, it's the guy. And the other guy goes, that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Just some, some, there's some delivery about him being like, Are you know, that guy. Uh, it was great. So Denzel beats the shit out of the cops. And he's like, you're supposed to protect and serve punk. Did you forget that? Like basically like, Hey man, you know, you're supposed to, this cops are supposed to be good. Um, and then it shows him walking away and a voiceover of him explaining to them what they have to do to avoid the tape coming out. And I'm just like, that looks cool. But like, in reality, how did that happen? Wouldn't he have just told them that right there to their faces? I think he did. I think it was just, it was just edited to make it not seem like that. But But it's weird. Well, what's also weird is that she gets all the money back and she's the, she's holding the money. She's like, She's like grasping the money as she walks to the front of her shop. I'm like, lady, this is Boston. Do not be like to watch them to watch. I mean, you've never been to Boston, but to watch the cops walk away and be like, I hope they really leave. Um, Oh, one. Another thing the cop said was he goes, he goes, that hurt. That hurt. Giving her back the money hurt more than getting beat up. Yeah, it hurt more than the beating. So the next scene that's kind of of importance is the dude robs Home Mart and you can see Denzel's about to do something, but he doesn't stop him because he sees the little kid. I th- I find it interesting that like we just see after the ring's given up, he does the police report, goes to get a hammer, and then the next time we sort of see him bringing the hammer and putting it back, and like the ring, you know, the lady finds her ring. And it's like, why? Like, is it best to put the hammer back? Like, did you clean it off? Like, we see him wiping it as he's putting it back. And it's like, is that enough? Did you did you clean the DNA off of it before? The guy also, I mean, he must have killed two guys, right? Because, like, the guy got in on the passenger side and the car took off immediately. So there must have been a getaway driver, too, right? Yeah. 
And did it you was. see like the cool camera work of the water underneath the car? Like it hones in on the car's tires moving and like it almost looks like the it changes to like more nighttime and then the car speeds off and he watches it and he checks the license plate. Yep. So you didn't notice it at all. No, I did. I did notice it. I did. I just don't know what you want me to say about it. I, I wanted did to you talk... think it was cool? Yeah, it was cool, man. Uh, I wanted to talk more about the hammer because I think he stole that hammer. You can't buy that hammer, right? You got to steal the hammer. You got to do the deed. And then you got to put it back without anyone realizing it's you stole that hammer. So that when some sucker fucking buys that hammer, goes home and like fucking puts a nail in through a wall. Uh, he's going to be framed for that dude's murder. <laughs> I think you just clean the hammer enough to where there's no DNA on it. I don't know. It's pretty genius, though, right? Like use a weapon that's going to be purchased. There's cameras all over that store. But maybe it looks less suspicious since he's an employee there. Yeah, I mean, also it's, it's like, just like it's it's a hammer. It's not as if it's a gun where they're gonna do <laughs> they're gonna do like a fucking test on the hammer. But like the exact grooves of this hammer matches smashed skull. You have you seen no episodes of CSI? I've seen a lot. That's like think... every CSI episode is like is, is a hammer. They're it's... like yeah, it's hammer. No, but they're like, they're like, what made these lacerations? Oh, it was an ice pick from that guy. And then it ended up being that guy. I know. First of all, CSA is wildly inaccurate. Inaccurate. All right, let's go to another one of the best scenes of this movie. Uh, Denzel's back at his apartment and he sort of hears something outside. He goes up to the door and he opens it before Teddy can. And the back and forth. I don't even know how that happened. Because he could hear him coming. He's a fucking trained CIA agent. Is that what we get from that? That he's a trained CIA agent? That's spelled out more in Equalizer 2. But yeah, that's what he used to do. Um, And also, he talks to Melissa Leo, and she's like, I don't work for the agency anymore. So, you know. Dude, Bill Bill Pullman in this movie, I was just like not expecting it. For two minutes... With nothing to do? He gets a little more to do in the second. Oh, he comes back... He pulls through in the second. Bill Pullman. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) So this is a great scene. He starts questioning him and he's like, "Um, I was there. You know, he's like, there was a murder at a rush. He's like, yeah, I was there the other night. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't be here if I wasn't. So smart. Yeah. And he's like, there's five. He says, I went there for what? Proshkis. He's like, well, there's five authentic Russian restaurants within walking distance. I was like, really? (laughs) yeah i was like well maybe maybe boston has like a russian influx or something and then he's like you didn't well according to this movie uh you didn't stay long i didn't check my watch um yeah and then like as he's leaving he's like how'd you find me how'd you find me i paid cash i didn't talk to anyone how'd you find me he's like you know this is what we do he's like who's we who we who and then as he walks away he's like officer you're gonna give me a card isn't that what you guys do like all of that is so good and then but then it's like it is the cat and mouse of like they both know they're both cats and they both know like <laughs> this guy's not right. They're 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 both cats. Um, I like that clarification. I, I also really like how I'm putting together in my head. I was like, oh, he must be ex-military, like super military trained. And then when he goes and he's doing the background research on Robert, uh, they're like, there's no military record of him. And. Nikolai is just like all fabricated, all lies. Like this is covered up beyond covered up. Yeah. So the next scene is the diner and he's told them. I don't want any witnesses, which I don't really understand because Pushkin's also told him to make this loud. So like, why do you not want witnesses? But this guy comes in and Robert's like, are we waiting on someone else? He's like, what are you saying? He's like, your hands. You don't you don't work with electrical wires if you if you have those hands, and then just kills the dude with a breaks a dude's neck with a book. You know what book? Was it the Invisible Man? <laughs> I was gonna make up some bullshit about it being Grey's Anatomy or something. Well, maybe you should have planned it better. Um, and then he sort of walks away and he's like taking photos of them in the car and he once again he's like no witnesses and Can we also talk about the really quick knife in the electric socket to black out the whole building pretty 
pretty fucking good. It was a little bit fortuitous that a Boston, once again, a Boston Herald truck drove through the thing. Boston Herald be being delivered to New York City, according to you. Um, that was a little fortuitous. But yeah, then he sort of beats one guy up. They go to his apartment and he's like laid the foundation that he's traveling. Like he bought tickets. He's got all these little traveling things. And like some of his guys are like, oh, yep, he's gone. Let's go to the airport. And he's like, he didn't fucking go anywhere. It was He's all the new, us. it was all the crooked New York cop or sorry, n- crooked Boston cops that thought that he, you know, he left. But the Russian knew better. Um, I do. I do think it would be funny if like what we already talked about, like Teddy being bad at his job. He's like, nah, that's fake. He's not going anywhere. And it just cuts to him at the airport <laughs> <laughs> at the duty free stand. Oh, that'd be really funny. Although I do like it that you see him building all this you don't know what, but it's like, it's cameras, right? It's small cameras that he's planting all over his apartment. But I thought it was a bomb. I thought he was going to home alone this apartment complex with like explosions. Um, But he doesn't. He does. Do you think he owns that house across the street? Like, what is up with that? Uh, It's probably just an empty. I mean, he's, he probably has a shit ton of money because he worked for the CIA and he probably got some like hazard type pay. You know what I mean? So he probably can afford, maybe it's a short term rental, like an Airbnb type situation that he's gone over there. Anything is that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he has all these, all these monitors set up and everything. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Okay. 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 Well, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And he gets a read on all of them. I also thought it was really cool that like when, when David Harbor thought, it was clear like the the house was empty he starts calling everyone by their name hey patterson hey you know whatever and then i was like oh fuck that's awesome he has their name now but it doesn't matter it's fortuitous because uh they fucking die in the next scene yeah well so the next scene is he goes to melissa leo who is a consultant for the cia i guess used to work there and it's not really well established that this is the scene where she figures out that he's still alive it but it's not his wife right no no it's bill pullman's wife but they were really really close friends and in one part when she leaves to go talk to the cia she's like i don't work for the agency anymore you know i i I can't i don't have much pull which she then leaves and then comes back on probably a cia helicopter but anyway in that scene bill pullman's like you know um she always knew you probably weren't dead um, you know, we, your funeral, the casket was closed or whatever. And it's like, so she just found out today or last night that he's still alive. I was confused about that. So did his wife think that he was dead? They all did. Died? Everyone did. He, he faked his own death so that he, he could either, I can't remember if his wife was dead when he faked his own death, but he faked his own death to get away and no one knew or just his wife knew. So you're clueless on what actually happened also. What are you talking about? Well, you're, you're like, I don't know if his wife knew or didn't his, know or Denzel's, he died before she died or no, after. No, no, no. Denzel's wife. Melissa Leo thought he was dead until no, I, that meeting. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that it's important to know if Denzel's wife was alive when he faked his death. Why? Why is it important to know? Because that means he either lost all contact with her before she passed away. No, either no, he didn't lose all. If he faked his death and she was still alive, she he went with her. Like they didn't, he didn't leave her in the lurch too. He Are faked you sure? his death. Yes. Okay. As someone who's seen the two movies, yes, like he didn't do that. Well, then she, she then he should have faked her death too. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Just watch two and then come to me with your questions. Okay. Um. So he goes to her and it's just once again, these really quick scenes and she's like, you know, what, what's the, what's the deal? And he's like, Oh, I'm looking who's this guy. And she's like, you know, I don't have, you don't have much pull. And then she immediately goes to Washington and gets information, comes back on a helicopter. She's like, you know, this is Teddy. This is Pushkin. Uh, this guy. Oh, it's funny. She works for the agency. The agency knows this guy owns so many politicians. And they're like, but we're not going to do anything about it. So, and then, as he leaves, Bill Pullman's like, what, what was he? Uh, was he asking for help? She's like, no, he was asking for permission. I was like, I don't know that he was asking for permission either. He was just making sure he was killing the right people, but he wasn't he wasn't asking you if it was OK. Yeah. 
Although that's kind of like permission to him, right? Because he there's this whole thing about his wife not not agreeing to what he's been doing. So maybe he's like, I just maybe working for the CIA. It was a little gray on like, what is he killing actually bad people? But now he's he knows for sure he's killing bad people. Uh, in this situation, yeah. So he goes over to David Harbors and sort of puts him in a car with. A hose. The way the camera follows the the hose from the exhaust into the car, I was like, that's like a David Fincher shot. You know what I mean? Like following it all the way up. It reminded me of Panic Room, which we're gonna do eventually. It actually um, it reminded me of um Ari Aster Midsommar, where at the beginning where it shows the hose from the garage to the parents' room. Fuck. That's like might be the I mean, definitely it was dark, like visually, but that's probably the darkest scene in that movie. Oh, yeah. Easily. So fucking. Oh, it's awful. Um, So I love it. Right. So he actually staged this to look like a suicide if things don't work out. Um, <laughs> it was going to work out either way for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I love David Arbor is like it's like you are in so much fucking trouble. You you are so screwed as the window goes up fuck you pal and then and then he's like i'm just gonna leave for a second i'll be right back and then he's like don't leave me here cut to like a hard cut to him and him being like going into this going into into this one place yeah and uh he's like oh i like that gun can i see it just takes it out of the dude's hand he's like i watched that scene twice your men are very loyal so when you tell them to put their guns down they're gonna do it and he does it, locks them all up. And then he's like, hey, I need to know what your escape plan is. And he's like very like purposefully like, I need to know your, you know, your like, he's like, I guess at first I was like, he doesn't want to leave him with anything. I was like, why does he so like insistent on, I want to know where your money you're hiding so you can get out of here is because he has them locked just, up. It's not just the money. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the information. That's what he wants. So that's why he does it. The thing I think is funny after this is the cops show up. They're putting Harbor into the car and he's like, all right, so here's the bill. And it says, follow the money. He's like, now come look at this. They walk all in the factory. They get to this lever. He pulls it and it opens up showing the bad guys in the money, which means at some point this, a cop pulled that lever, showed the bad guys in the money. It was like, all right, shit, close this back up. We got to reveal this when the guy comes in. (laughs) And the bad guys are sitting there handcuffed. Uh, like, like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is going on? Can you take us to jail? What are you doing? <laughs> this room is obnoxiously foggy. Um, <laughs> I love the line, too. They're like, who the fuck is going to count this? Yeah, someone was pointing out that um, for evidence purposes, you have to know like the exact dollar amount. So, um, I'll count but, it. I'll but, count it, and I'll charge hourly. <laughs> what's your What's your fee? Forty dollars an hour, but how much do you think you could count in an hour, though? Like, what percentage of that are you? Are you going to guarantee you could get through ten thousand? Or was it in hundreds? It's probably in hundreds. So, yeah. if you can't get through ten thousand, then you're fucking moron in an hour. It's like you just you count. It's like that's like two bills a set, less than two bills a second. <laughs> so the next yeah. scene, he uh, Teddy is in a restaurant with this dude. He's like Pushkin's really coming down on him. He's got these new muscle that are coming in. And the guy's like, I'm going to go take a piss. And then Denzel walks up and he's like, he's not coming back. And he basically tells Teddy the story of Teddy's childhood about how Teddy was brought in by this guy. That's crazy. But he ended up killing the guy because he didn't want to be abandoned again. So rather than being abandoned, he killed the guy. Um, And then Denzel's like, I gave your men a choice before I killed them. I'm giving you one. He's also he's like. Before this, he's like, I'll tear this place down brick by brick, dollar by dollar, or call your boss and have him shut down tonight. And Teddy's like, that's not much of an offer. Like, my guy's not going to do It's the that. only offer you're getting. So he then sends all the evidence to the FBI. He then just, I forgot about this. I forget about this scene every time. He sends all the evidence. Then he's like, oh, that's a tanker. So he goes and blows up a fucking oil tanker. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess they own that company. He's an oligarch. He's a Russian oligarch. So they generally have like, you know, there's one of them is an oil guy. One of them is like this and that. So, yeah, he's the oil guy. Um, And then Pushkin gets even more pissed. And now we're like basically at the final showdown. 
And Teddy calls him. He's like, we've taken your co-workers, so you have to come to the boatyard right now. Remind me real quick, what operation did they have where they found all that laundered money? What was what was the cover for that? Probably drugs. I don't know. Well, the cover. I don't know what the cover was. It was just a factory with money. I don't know. You know, they showed they showed them making something, but I I can't remember. I don't know if he remembered. Think it was important to the plot. I was I was just wondering. I was curious. Um, because that means he owns the the oil rig and like a shoe company. So I was just like, that's kind of. I mean, funny. they said he has a huge base of operations in like both coasts. So yeah, I mean, he he's <laughs> he's diversified his portfolio. Yeah, good, um, good for him. Um, yeah, I one of the scenes I love about that, uh, one of the lines I love about this next scene is he's like, I I want you to meet me. He goes, meet me where you last were or something. He goes, it still smells like burning gasoline here. Yeah, so this is what I want to bring up is they're then tracking his cell phone how are they tracking his cell phone? Okay. Um, uh, it's called Find My Phone. It's an app. I like I just, Okay. As funny as that joke is, I don't get it. And the Boston PD has access to everyone's phone within the That's Boston also area. not true. What are they? The <laughs> the Batman from Dark Knight? Um, yeah, I don't it doesn't make sense to me. It's definitely not explained in the movie. Um, but whatever. So he leaves his phone on the bus. And they think he's showing up to the boatyard, but instead he just goes, he goes to the home mart where they've only sent two guys. And so he immediately neutralizes them. A funny little part of this is. You mean he equalizes them? Yeah, that too. The funny part of this is they're about to execute a hostage because he doesn't show up. And then Midnight Train to Georgia starts playing, sung by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Just call back to when he said the Pip. I made that connection also. This is the first time I made that connection. And then he snaps the dude's neck right in front of Ralphie. And Ralphie's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, Teddy, sh- Teddy shows up. Um, Denzel systematically takes out all of these dudes. But before he does so, as he's like waiting for them to like come, because he knows they're coming, right? He knows they're arriving any second. He's home aloneing the shit out of this home depot Absolutely. i guess you could say that he's home depot alone it's a home mart it's not a home depot whatever it is it's a fake it's a fake home home repair store i wonder which one it actually was it looks it looks like more like lowe's does it it has a garden section well, i guess home depot has a garden section yeah it could be a walmart who knows i don't think so that it's it not very walmarty um so the gravel on the ground so that he can hear them coming and then the the barbed wire noose just dude and the way he was up there in the rafters as the barbed wire guy is being hung and they just stare yeah he's staring at him as he dies i mean it's like straight out of a horror movie right and that's uh dan bilzerian who's just like a instagram dude who like flaunts his cash and plays poker and just has like women with big titties all over his instagram like that's he, like, him has yeah that was him oh that's that's nuts yeah he gets like every once in a while he gets these roles where he gets killed as a henchman so um he then drills in a dude's skull which i don't logistically understand because the guy it's like it's not as if the guy is prevented from moving forward as the drills touching his head so like how did that right and how does the dr- drill just go in? Like, I don't know. I need, uh, what's that science show where they test things out? Myth, oh, uh, Mythbusters. Mythbusters. Yeah, we need Mythbusters if you can drill through a human skull, like in this movie. Dude, did he kill him? That. Did he kill him or did he just give him like a lobotomy? Yeah, he's just like, I'm a nicer guy now. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the effect. Not like total paralysis, but like, huh. I see a new outlook on life. So he kills the dude in the mirror fight, and then there's the exploding microwave, and then uh, Teddy's chasing down Ralphie. Ralphie stayed back to help save him, which is his security guard arc, full circle. Yeah, it's, it's not. I guess an arc, an arc isn't a circle. It's, it's just a rainbow. To him, uh, it's his callback to pulling him, pulling the tire. He's like a buck ninety, my ass. So. Pushkin's about to shoot Ralphie. Ralphie can't shoot him. And then a fucking nail goes through Push... Or not Pushkin. 
Teddy. Teddy turns around, and we have the coolest of cool guy walks in the rain, you know, the water that's being sprayed all over the store, just with the music blaring. And then he shoots him more and more. And then Teddy says, who are you? And it is a full minute of slow-mo before he does the kill shot into Teddy. Just like really hamming up this moment too much to me. There's the moment where he walks out from the aisle and the rain is pouring down. And I'm pretty sure they use it as the cover of the of the DVD. And uh, that felt a bit too much for me. Yeah. He's like but, back backlit by the. I don't know. Yeah. So then I guess he doesn't work at the home mart anymore. It says it then cuts to Russia and says three days later. So he didn't even take a break, right? Like to fly to Russia from Boston, that's like there's some layovers. That's like he went straight to the airport to go right to Pushkin's house. He didn't even have time to do any more like surveillance. He's just like, all right, I just got to go kill this guy. And I do like. You know, we've talked about this in the movies. He just ends up in Pushkin's bathroom. He electrocutes him. He kills him. I guess you could say he's Pushkin up daisies. (sighs) Why are you like this? (laughs) So then he starts walking through the house and you see all the guards he's killed. Logistically, the bodies don't make sense the way that they are situated. So like when he comes down the stairs... There's a guy who's like on the side of the stairs, like as if he was shot instead of being shot from the bottom of the stairs as he's making his way up. So he'd be against the back wall. He's against the sidewall. And then when he comes out, there's out of the house, there's two dudes. One has been shot against the car to the right and the other has been shot against the car to the left. And I'm like, so where did he come from to kill those guys? So they got shot back in those different directions. Um, it's just called being a badass. And like you told me before, stop asking so many questions. I mean, I still love the movie. So after this, we get a final scene with Alina where she's like, oh, I got $9,800. It's probably hush money. Ha ha ha. But I, I you know, I'm going to take it. He's like, you know, good for you. And then he starts a Craigslist ad service, which uh, do people use Craigslist now? So I haven't been on Craigslist. In by the way, this movie is 10 years old. I know. Um, there's this seed that I planted at the beginning of this episode. If you remember, do you remember? (laughs) Just go. So here's the parallel that I found so cool. It actually had me tearing up a bit when he goes to Slavin, Slavi, whatever. When he goes to Slavi to give him the $9,800, Slavi keeps calling it $9,000 and Denzel keeps correcting him for it to, it's it's ninety eight hundred it's ninety eight hundred and he keeps like obnoxiously saying nine thousand like it's nothing like he keeps um like disparaging it right yeah at the end when Alina has the money she says almost ten thousand and it's this parallel where it's like at the beginning the bad guy is like shitting on like how little it is but she's saying it like she's wording it like. This is a lot of money. And I thought that was really good. Like that was really cool. Like detail writing. The, give, give the writers a pat on the back for that one. I mean, I don't even know if it was purposeful, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, This movie is a lot of fun with a lot of that doesn't make sense. If you think about it too much, it's definitely like the more you watch it, the more you pick up on that stuff. But at the same time. He shoots somebody with a nail gun. He hangs someone by a barbed wire noose. Dude, did he did he like stab someone with a hedge cutter through his neck at one point? Yeah. Yeah. He then uh, the scene with the glass like, I don't know. It's just such a badass movie. Um, Like, I'm just, you know, I'm glad you finally get to experience it. Yeah, me too. It's it's. It's different. It It's much in the same where I thought it was going to be. And then in some aspects, I was like, oh, it's actually it's actually not how I thought this would end. 
And there's a scene when he's talking to Bill Pullman and his wife, and she's like, say goodbye before you leave. And he like under his breath, he's like, goodbye. Really makes you think he's planning to like do this as like like a man on fire situation where he's planning to kill himself and or be killed by the end of this. But the fact that this spawns two more sequels, it's just like you're not worried about the equalizer at all. Yeah, I mean, it is similar to like a John Wick or, a, you know, like. They're not going to die like that's not really the point of these movies. There was one thing I was really disappointed in is that he never killed anyone. And he went like with an equation like I wanted him to be like one plus one equals two. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched The Equalizer. <laughs>